What's stopping the Cardinals from repeating as National League Central champs again this season? There's multiple reasons to doubt a repeat division crown for St. Louis, and we'll tell you why. On today's episode of Locked on MLB, the National League Central preview. Let's get it started. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On MLB 2023 National League Central Season Preview. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been podcasting for baseball for over a decade now, and I am now starting my fifth season as a host here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. But guess what? I'm not flying solo today. In fact, we're going to be far from solo today, but I have a co-host all the way from the great state of Michigan. It's Daniela Bruce. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much, Sully. That was quite the intro. I might need to keep you around and do that for me every time I'm introducing myself to someone. That was great. Well, and you are, uh, you're an anchor for Locked On. You're yeah. a broadcast reporter for the Detroit Tigers. You are here to help us get through the preview of the 2023 National League Central. A strange division, if I can, just before yeah. we let those other logical loops in here. Um the Cardinals got to be the favorite, but there's no way they're a super team, which means if there's any division where a team could be a oh, I didn't expect them division champion, could be the NL Central. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting year for the NL Central for sure. Every team, especially the Brewers too, they're at the bottom of the division, but they seem to have gotten a little bit better. And like you said, the Cardinals have to be the front runner for the favorite at this point, but it feels like it's going to be a chaotic year for that division. And when we're talking about it at the end of the season, it might be completely different from what we're previewing here today. We'll tell you what, I've been wrong before. You've been wrong before. We've all been wrong before, but you're never wrong when you bring on my buddy, J.D. Afron, who is the host of Locked On Cardinals. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hello, Sully. Hello, Daniela. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. I'm meeting everybody virtually, but this is going to be a fun show. You being our first guest that we're bringing on, and there's a bunch more. You guys, even before we started recording, were making me laugh a little bit and going in on, on the baseball stuff. So pretty excited to preview the season with you guys. Here's my buddy, Ethan Smith. He is the host of Locked on Pirates. How are you doing, pal? Doing all right, So It seems like we literally are doing this as a weekly thing at this point. It's fine by me. It's fine by me. <laughs> I mean, by the way, just give you how old I am. I remember the 2016 World Series and the 1908 World Series. That's how old I am. Sam Olber is here from Locked On Cubs. Welcome aboard, buddy. You're rebuilding the podcast. Just in a rebuilding year. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Sully. And I know uh, you know that stuff because we had one of the great trivia. We did. We did have a great trivia contest show. Which uh, who remind me who won the Cubs trivia? Night? That would be you. That would be you. That would be me. That's right. I'm not. I'm, I won the. I forgot. That's right. I did win it. I did win it. But hey, also coming in here from Locked On Reds. I'm old enough to remember a Reds championship. Stephen Offenbecker of Locked On Reds is joining us. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. You know, I was also a, a young, younger kid in a car when the Reds last won a World Series. Um, although I have a feeling I'm much older than Daniela. <laughs> I was a. I was a freshman in college, just to 
age myself then. But I'm not old enough to remember a Milwaukee World Series title. There have only been one. There was only one. It was in 1957 with the Braves. The Brewers didn't make the playoffs last year, but they could tell themselves they were only one game behind the eventual National League champion. Here's Chuck Freeman, the new host of Locked On Brewers. Oh, you got your 82 you World that? Series there. I remember that. Harvey's wall bangers. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't Absolutely. get it done against the Cardinals. So, well, we started with the Cardinals. We opened with the Cardinals. So I think that uh-huh. is who we should pick on first, right? And the question yes, that we're going to we pick here is a little different. It's why won't the Cardinals win the Central? And I want your thoughts first, J.D., but I think everybody could, could maybe chime in on this one if you have a thought. But what are their biggest issues heading into the season? Why won't they win the Central? Starting pitching. Starting pitching <laughs> by far is their biggest weakness. It's uh, they're They're relying on a lot of – Threes and fours, really, as opposed to having a one or a two. I mean, some people would argue that maybe Michaelis is a two, but as far as the grand scheme of things in Major League Baseball, I would say it's a lot of threes and fours. And behind them, you don't really have a a, a lot of guys who have any time in the Major Leagues. Like the next guy up is probably somebody who maybe has pitched in the Major Leagues one or two years like there's just not a lot of depth there so if something happens to the 87 year old adam wainwright or something happens to the very fragile jack flaherty or any of these guys steven matts also you can say he's very injury prone as well anything happens to these guys they're in big trouble when you had molina as your catcher it was like having uh, uh, a pitching coach on the field and so we're gonna and there's so many times the cardinals got i can't believe they're getting this kind of season from this mediocre pitcher um, they're going to have to roll them bones to see if Contreras still has that Midas touch. Yeah. And everything we heard in the off season that that was kind of the weakest part of his game was actually being a catcher, like got a cannon of an arm back there behind home plate. But as far as receiving a game or being that defensive guy, let's be honest, nobody's going to replace Yadier Molina, uh, the kind of catcher he was during his prime. We're not expecting Contreras to do that, but it would be nice if he improved a a little bit on what he's done in the past as far as being a catcher. Offensively, he's uh, superior to what we've had the last couple of years, but uh, you're right. Having or not having Yadier Molina back there, it's going to be different. It's been two decades. We we don't know what it's like. All right. Well, look at one thing we know is the Cardinals are the favorite, but it's not necessarily because they're a juggernaut of a team. Uh, but lest we forget, for most of the year last year, the Brewers were in first place. What, what's the outlook for Milwaukee, which is probably the strongest contender against St. Louis this year? Yeah, when they traded Josh Hader, there went the season right there. Uh, the Brewer front office lost the clubhouse. Uh, they had a three-game lead when they traded Hader. Surprised everybody. And um, the Brewers were never the same after that. Their bullpen, without Hader right now, uh, you know, the last two months of the season last year, they blew like 16 saves in the last two months. They got great starting pitching. Woodruff and um, uh, Corbett Burns, two excellent starting pitchers, two all-star caliber pitchers. But after that, the bullpen is a suspect. And if Christian Yelich doesn't turn it around, this team's not going to contend at all. So a lot rides on Christian Yelich and if that bullpen can hold up and if they can get some starting pitching in the back end of that rotation. The Brewers have got to have like a little bit of a cloud over them if they don't get off to a great start, because you're going to see maybe Corbin Burns goes on the trade block. Maybe they're going to try to 
put two sticks of dynamite in this team and blow it up, that got to game seven of the NLCS in 2018, had the mm-hmm. lead late in the wild card game in 2019, and were better than the Braves <laughs> going into that series. And they had a, they were up they were up one game to none. And everything, Chuck. I just met you, and I'm just punching you in the face over and over again. I, I can't, I can't say this is the nicest way to say hello to you. But uh, tell me your memories about blowing Game Seven of the World Series in '82. Well, '82, and you're, you're, you're right now. You're mentioning every um, bad nightmare. Oh, 2011, too. 2011, too. Yeah. 2011, 2011 too. Uh, you know, couldn't close it out against the St. Louis Cardinals, um, and you know, 2018 couldn't do it against the Dodgers. But um, they're, you know, this uh, the the Brewers are one of the more sorry franchise. Let's face it, the Brewers are one of the more sorry franchises in professional sports. They've been to one World Series in fifty three years, so any punch to the face that they get, they've earned. Because and and God bless the fans, because even though this team, this franchise, has been a pitiful mess for the let's face it for the past fifty three years, fans have still come out there on a Sunday afternoon. Fill it up forty-two thousand for that bobblehead or whatever. But you know they have not seen championship-level baseball, and I'm talking World Series championship-level baseball ever in one World Series. So um, I'm worried that this thing might go to the other direction. And you're right; if they don't get off to a good start by trading deadline, they they might be moving Corbin Burns, who's got one year left on his contract. Hey, the. NCAA tournament is heating up. We're going to have the NBA playoffs soon. We're going to have Stanley Cup playoffs soon. This is one of the best times to be a sports watcher and to be putting some money down. There's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if the first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on anything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. It's all in an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your chance for a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. You know, I'm just thinking about those bobbleheads. I know that they've, they've gotten really cool over the years. So it's, it's a good point that it draws fans. I think it's a good reason for fans to get down to the ballpark <laughs> either way, right? But I think Sully picked on Chuck and the Brewers enough. Now let's pick on the Cubs a little bit here because we talk about the Brewers having to get off to a good start. Not only do the Cubs need to get off to a good start, they need to take a real step forward because fans have been looking for this. The organization has been promising it. Are they going to do that this year, Sam? Yeah, uh, Daniela, that's a good question. The Cubs, I think, I think the Cubs are, and and everyone could agree or disagree. I think they're kind of the biggest question mark uh, in this Mm -hmm. division. I think uh, they made a lot of moves and we've talked about it on our show a lot is, are we confusing activity and production? Um, we're going to find out early in the season. Uh, I think the Cubs are going to take a big step forward because they only won 73 games last year. They made tons of additions. Obviously, Dansby Swanson being the main one. I think Cody Bellinger is going to help them out a lot defensively in center field. Uh, so I do see a better team because some young guys are coming up soon to, to improve. But I think uh, it could, they could be a surprise team. They, they have a very good defense and some really – 
uh, uh, good starting pitching. The start's going to be really big because the fans are not very patient in Chicago. Well, they they were patient enough to wait all those years uh, to even get to a World Series. So it, it requires a little bit of patience there. But but you know, remember that this was a team that spent 24 days in first place in 2021. They were in first place as late as June 24th of 2021. And so we're like, there's a sense that they've been in this big, long, painful rebuild. Right. Uh, it was, it was past summer. It was past Memorial day. We we're heading towards July and the Cubs were still a contender, not last year, but the year before. And I, I still can't believe they did a scorched earth rebuild. The good folks of Cincinnati, have had professional baseball longer than any city, and they've been waiting for a home win in any way, shape, or form in the playoffs for, it seems like, since the days when they had the big, huge mustaches and the, and the flat caps there. Well, one, one could argue that Cincinnati hasn't had professional baseball in a couple decades because things have been lean for a while. However, that could be changing. Uh, there are a lot of promising young prospects coming up. Uh, we saw the first three of them arrive last season in what has become a great one, two, three punch in the Reds rotation in Hunter Green, who will be the opening day starter, followed by Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft. Uh, after you get past those guys, though, uh, the pitching staff is in a bit of a shambles and there are a lot of question marks. We are yet to learn who will be the number four or yet to learn who will be the number five as far as the rotation goes. And what happens there will lead to a lot of moving parts and a lot of dominoes falling within the Reds bullpen. And outside of Alexis Diaz, there are no real guarantees uh, for anybody that you can rely on down there right now. Now that could change as guys like Tony Santion come back from injury uh, where we see Luis Sessa end up, whether it's the rotation or the bullpen, that'll make a difference. But the, the pitching staff is a, a big question mark. Uh, on the position player side of things, uh, there are a lot more questions that need to be answered. Can Joey Votto scrape one more, you know, outstanding season together coming off of both rotator and bicep surgery. Uh, you know, father time is undefeated and eventually he's going to catch up with Joey Votto. I just hope that it's not this season. Jonathan Indy at second base looks great. He's dropped some weight. He's got back to his rookie of the year form. Looks like he's going to be able to deliver uh, shortstops, a giant question mark right now with Jose Barrero and Kevin Newman third base. We're going to be starting a rookie with Spencer steer. And then our outfield's a mess. Uh, we've got a left-handed combo of a platoon with uh Fraley Friedel and Will Benson uh, sharing time out there along with Will Myers. But after that, again, it's very thin with a lot of questions. So can Cincinnati challenge for the division? I don't know that uh, I'm like my co-host Jeff in always taking the over and always being the uh, uber optimistic one. Uh, but I do think this team can surprise, especially as we get further into this season and more and more prospects like Ellie De La Cruz, like Matt McClain, uh, possibly somewhere along the way, we'll see pitchers like Levi Stout, Brandon Williamson make their debuts as well. Uh, Cincinnati will be fun. It may not win 80 or 90 games, but they will be fun to watch. You know, you, you would mention um, Steer. You would mention De La Cruz. You would mention Marte. Like they are loaded with young infield prospects on this team. And you got to wonder if one of these teams that have had like infield depth issues or, you know, the, the Astros are going to go without Altuve for a little bit. Could the Reds maybe fill in? You said their outfield is a mess. I mean, but you have an embarrassment of riches of young infielders. I mean, 
I'm, I, I'm not playing Ultimate GM on my phone right now. And by the way, make sure to download Ultimate GM it's, it, and, and play the game. But uh, it seems like a no-brainer at this point that you'd want to take from you know the Spencer Steer world and see if you can flip one of them for an outfielder or Mookie bets it and see if one of them could actually become an outfielder. No, there's more than one of them that could become an outfielder. Uh, matter of fact, Matt McClain played center field for UCLA when he was in college. Uh, he can make the move. Spencer Steer has played some corner outfield, not a lot. He had one game there in the minors, but he could play the position. Uh, there are moves to be made. We didn't even talk about uh, CES, Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, he's been the best hitter in spring, and they've already sent him to minor league camp. Uh, just because of positional challenges, the Reds are going to carry three catchers this year, uh, which is making uh, the roster fill out a little more challenging than it would be under normal circumstances. So will guys move positions? They're going to have to. Uh, if Ellie De La Cruz comes and takes over that shortstop spot, there are a lot of guys that have to move. Noel V. Marte has already moved to third base. Uh, with Spencer Steer and Matt McClain's flexibility, I think you could see them become outfielders. And just talking about the fact that the Reds and the Pirates seem to be, you know, division that that were at the top last year and um do you think they can do more than play spoilers basically where we're going to go with this for pittsburgh and the reds were included in this conversation a little bit too so maybe we can get another answer from even uh well you look at this team from what they've had the last couple years to what they have now and you look at a roster that actually has major league players on it it's the first time in a while where funny enough me and Soli talked about this that the idea of 500 baseball is not some crazy Narnia imagination at this point, because unlike we actually have starting pitching that has pretty good looks at it right now with Mitch Keller, Rolanzi Contreras, Rich Hill, <laughs> Vince Velasquez, and JT Brubaker, who all look really good. You return Andrew McCutcheon. Chuck, thank you for taking care of him last year and the last couple years. Um, very much so, by the way. We're happy that he's still healthy and be able to be back. Some earth, Brian Reynolds is still here. Uh, you have O'Neill Cruz, who is one of the most polarizing players in baseball. Key Brian Hayes is a gold glove winner eventually. He's going to beat Nolan Arenado for that award, award eventually, J.D. I don't know when it's going to happen. But for the first time, it feels like there's actual optimism in Pittsburgh. For them to play spoiler, though, a lot of things happen right. And the fact that our one left-handed option in the bullpen is already on the 60-day I.L., I would go ahead and imagine that just based off of my life being 24 years old and watching this team play my whole life, everything going right. So, I mean, they could play spoiler, but a lot of things would have to go right in their favor for it to happen. I think the, the thing that would help the Pirates the most is really if two, if two arms, a veteran and a young arm, come to fruition if if mm -hmm. if you know if hit let's say hill has a solid season and one of their young pitchers is taken under his wing and you have two decent pitchers on the staff then i think i that's why i think 500 is within reach because that's not an that's not an outlandish thing to ask it's for two pitchers to have a decent year in your, in your starting pitching staff because i do think They've got talent in their lineup. I do think there's a lot of young players, and like their brethren in the 1979 World Series, we saw what happened with Baltimore when finally you have all these young players gel and suddenly, you know, not put together a pennant winner, but at least put together a, a major league product on the field. Oh, yes. Every well, time well, 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 we go, the, the Brewers are in Pittsburgh. Every time we have a series in Pittsburgh, 
fans in Milwaukee are shaking the boots because I feel like Brian, <laughs> Brian Reynolds is in the lineup three times and he's always coming up with a clutch situation and going to Pittsburgh, there's nobody at the games, but it's like a, it's, it's a trap. The Brewers go there and it's a, it's a struggle for them. And, and if they do win, it's, it's amazing. But it, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to say this, but it's funny to say this, but the Pirates for the Brewers, like one of those feared teams in the division, because you never know what to expect when you go to Pittsburgh. Nope. And also for all of my NL Central friends, by the way, can I also say how happy we all probably are collectively that Colton Wong is no longer in this division? I feel like he's single-handedly hurt every single team in this division at some point. Yep. So I am very happy that he is now in Seattle as far away as possible. Colton Wong well, hurt no team. Colton Wong hurt no yeah. team quite like he hurt the St. Louis Cardinals when he was picked off of first by Koji Uohara <laughs> in Game Four of the 2013 World Series. I'm not. We weren't going to win it anyway. That didn't matter. You are a Move Carlos on. Beltran. You are a Carlos Beltran swing away from tying that game and taking a three game to one lead because what's his doodle? Alan Craig tripped over Will Middlebrooks. Uh, Here we that go. Was, that, that, that was all Boston. It was. And, it, we were, they were fine. It's okay. And listen, I, I I feel compelled to just defend Colton Wong a little bit. That's a Big Island boy from here on the Big Island of Hawaii, where I'm at. I I announced his little league games, guys. He was mashing homers at age ten and eleven. So uh, I'm always happy to see Colton Wong have some sex against everybody but Cincinnati. <laughs> all right, let's take a minute to talk about the ultimate baseball GM. My whole life. I've wanted to run my own team, and I used to do it with baseball cards and Stratomatic and video games and fantasy baseball, but nothing is easier, more fun, and more thorough than doing the Ultimate Baseball GM. And I love our new partner and the sponsor today's episode. My team, they're the Honolulu Waves, and we're off to a rough start right now. I didn't do the best job of putting together my team, but I got players in the minor leagues who can call them up. Honolulu's going to win this, and that's the deal. You can create your own team, managing your own professional franchise for baseball, and it's a dream come true. Play as you want and whenever you want to. And now, Locked On MLB listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. The waves need that. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app store. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Steven, you're going to look really good in yellow, buddy. <laughs> Ethan's referencing our bet. Do you guys know about our bet uh, for opening day? Reds, Pirates, opening day. Uh, the loser will have to record a show wearing the winner's gear. That is our bet for uh, opening day, Reds, Pirates in the National League. Because I believe we're the only in-division opening day matchup, correct? That is correct. Uh, Cubs-Brewers. Oh, Cubs-Brewers. Okay. okay. Beautiful. Daniela, I'm going to ask everyone this question here, but I'm going to ask you right off the top first here. Uh-oh. Your pick to win the division, and we're going to take the Cardinals off the table. I actually, I think, the, I think the Brewers might have a good shot. I would too, and I totally think the Brewers, because of their decent pitching, have the best yeah. chance. Um, does anyone? Would anyone pick a team other than the Brewers, other than your obvious bias? <laughs> oh no! Ooh, I would. I well, would. The Brewers, uh, the I Brewers would, would win the division. I would with, go with the by Cubs. winning seventy-eight games. 
Boy, Chuck threw down. He said the, the Brewers yes. could win the division by winning 78 games. Wouldn't that be Manfred's dream? Uh, Steve, you say the Cubs. Well, the tell, the tell Cubs me your yeah, I say the Cubs because I believe Milwaukee's going to conduct a fire sale sometime right. in in this season. I, I think they're going to start offloading people. I think that they have recognized the fact that they have alienated uh, Corbin Burns beyond repair. Uh, they're going to move him, and if you're going to move him, you might as well move the rest of your parts and rebuild. So I think that'll happen sometime this season. I think that creates an opportunity if we can't take the Cardinals to say the Cubs could probably – sneak in there yeah i i agree with i agree with steve i mean I, I would lean brewers but i think the brewers if that you know we're doing if no cardinals if a brewers fire sale well we got the hey and the good news and the good news sully is that if all of the other teams quit playing baseball ethan and the pirates could win the division well that's what i'm so. saying i mean you have four teams that could be rebuilding and it's not that the Cardinals are the 1927 yankees here that's one of the things that blows my mind about these other teams in the division it's like Seriously, you're going to let the Cardinals, who I'm the fourth starter on, run away with the division <laughs> entering the year? Well, so is, that, is, that a, is, is that more a problem of baseball or us, the red, or the remaining teams of the division, outside of the Cubs? The remaining teams of the division. Sometimes are Completely. a small market team. Right. Remaining right. to oh, the Padres I mean, and everything. They, they taught you you can spend money. Four yeah, teams small are market San Diego. Yeah, and Chicago is a small market, I grant you. If we're eliminating yeah. the Cardinals solely, let's just take it back a decade or two and give it to the Astros. They can have it on top of the AL West. They can have the NL Central crown like they used to try to do when they were a bottom feeder like Pittsburgh, which everybody forgets, by the way, that Pittsburgh and Houston used to literally go back and forth through the early, uh, through the early 2000s as the last team in the NL Central every single year, and it never changed. Danielle, well, people forget that the, the Pirates and the Reds – Used to be the when I was a kid, they were the two best teams in the National League. Yeah, I mean every year those were, teams were fighting it out in their respective divisions. All right, Danielle, give me some, give me your final thoughts about the National League Central this year. The 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 entire division that's rebuilding at the same time. Yeah, well, <clears> um, no, we're not. So one of the questions <laughs> that was kind of posed to me, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to apologize in advance, was which division is the worst in baseball this year? And I had to think about it because I, I love the Tigers, right? But they're also in a pretty bad division in the AL Centrals when you look at both of the Centrals right now. So I think it's going to be an interesting division in the sense of we talked about St. Louis being the front runner for us, but how does the rest of that division shake out? Is there somebody that can play spoiler? What are the Brewers going to do? So it's one of those divisions that it feels like we know my, what might happen with St. Louis, but we are, we might be shocked at what happens at the end of the season. We might come back and do a recap and everybody might be wrong about exactly what happened in that division and who the front runners were aside from St. Louis. So even though I don't think it's a very strong division this year, I think it's an interesting one to keep your eye on and see what happens and how things shake out throughout the season. You know, Daniela, do you think there'll be a 90 game winner in this division with the new schedule changes and, and the fact that everybody's playing everybody now, I, I'm having a hard time seeing a 90 game winner in this division right now. Well, and again, you can make a case for that too, but I guess it just, you just got to see if any of these teams are improving. It, it would be difficult and it very well could be the, the winner of this division doesn't hit 90 wins, which is similar to what could happen in the AL central too. And the out of division records, weren't that great. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And like, like you said, we might get that more often that, than we saw before though, where a team that doesn't hit 90 wins is winning their division just because of the schedule changes. But 
I feel like the Cardinals will. I feel like they'll hit 90 at least. <laughs> Is there impatience growing in St. Louis for these paper titles? They're like, yeah, yeah, the division title's nice. Wake me when it's the World Series. Absolutely. Uh, the fan base, uh, as spoiled as we have been with uh, having a, a consistent franchise, constantly winning, they they want management to take that extra step. And they were hoping this offseason that they might jump in on some of those big-time free agents. Uh, you know, they were rumored to be after people like Dansby Swanson and Carlos Rodon, and they didn't land any of them. They got Wilson Contreras, which was a need. Uh, great signing. That was that, That's fantastic. They had to fill that spot. But did it take them to an elite level past the teams that are already better than them in the National League? And most people say no. I'm one of those people. Uh, they've decided to bet on some of their younger players that are coming up to uh, fill those roles. Uh, people like Jordan Walker. Uh, they're hoping for bigger seasons out of Brendan Donovan. Obviously, you got the, the two pillars at first and third. Goldie, Arenado, uh, their outfield was decimated by injuries last year. So you never really saw Tyler O'Neill at his fullest because the year before that he was getting MVP votes. Uh, Dylan Carlson was hurt last year. We didn't have a full season of Lars Newbar, who became the darling of the team uh, in the second half last year, other than Albert Pujols. So um, they're banking on these guys instead of spending money on big time free agents. They're banking on them to provide the extra spark to bring them to the level of those other teams. We don't know if it's going to happen. That, that's the biggest question mark uh, outside of the starting pitching is, uh, are these guys going to be able to take them to that next level and actually win a playoff game, which is something they haven't done in a while. This has been the locked on MLB 2023 nationally central preview. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Thanks so much, Danielle Bruce and everyone here.